Well, welcome everyone. This is the Hacker Convo. For those of you who may be new to the podcast, to the Hacker podcast, uh, this is a conversation between my brother and I that we have. We were supposed to do it once a month, but it's been working out to be like maybe once every six weeks. Maybe uh, we can uh, get together and, and, and do better at that in the future. But this is just an informal conversation that Mike and I have uh, about a topic. We've talked about parables in the past. Uh, we've talked about um, different things in regards to theology. We've talked about the Holy Spirit, about baptism in Jesus' name. Uh, the oneness of God. So today we wanted to talk still a little bit on theology, talking about the importance of the resurrection. And normally how we start these conversations is Mike presents the topic and then we just discuss it back and forth. So Mike, if you wouldn't mind going ahead and uh, introducing our topic here today. Yeah, it's a topic that I am very passionate about. Um, As anybody who's listened to our conversations in the past, I'm passionate about a lot of things um so that's not really saying much um but i I, when it comes to the resurrection the reason why i'm so passionate about it is because of its importance Mm -hmm. um when when you consider the resurrection and and we talk about the resurrection all the time as apostolics um and, and as christians uh we talk about you know the resurrection is a a big central point of uh our belief system um but I would dare say that it is the foundation of our belief system. Um, the reason why I say that is because if there is no resurrection, then there is no infilling of the Holy Ghost. There is no church. Um, there is no um, Christianity whatsoever. Um, if if the resurrection is just a lie, if it's just a myth, um, if it's just something that was made up, then... Uh, Paul kind of says it perfectly in 1 Corinthians 15, we are of all men most miserable or most to be pitied is essentially what he's saying because we've believed in a lie for all of this time, for for uh, our, some of us for our entire lives. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that the resurrection is the center of Christianity. If, if um, the resurrection is not true, then Jesus was a liar. He was either yeah. crazy or he was a liar. Uh, because he flat out made the declaration on several occasions. Um, he would look at his disciples and would say, they're going to kill me, uh, but in three days I will rise again. So if there is no resurrection, then there is no reason to believe in Jesus. There, There is absolutely no reason to pay attention to his words, um, because how would we know what's a lie and what's not a lie? How would we know what's truth and what's not truth? Um, because if he lies about the resurrection, um, then what else would he possibly be lying about? And so this, this is the, this is the reason why, um, atheists and, and other, uh, agnostics and other people try to attack the resurrection so vehemently. I, I've never heard, um, so many arguments against, uh, any other belief system that Christians hold more than the resurrection. Um, I, I have had the opportunity to debate people, um, can take that with a grain of salt, you know, if it's useful or not useful, you know, whatever. Um, some people would, would say it's, it's not useful to even really engage in that. And I, I will grant you that. Um, but at times when I was younger and, and more, more full of fire, more full of energy, uh, I, I would engage in debates and 
the the thing that I would find that atheists were the most likely to attack was the resurrection. And it's because even they understand that all of Christianity rests on that. And so if you can take that out, then you can eliminate Jesus Christ. You can eliminate Christianity and you can prove that it's all a hoax and that it's all a lie. Um, and so this is why I, I believe that in this day and age, um, it's not good enough for us to just say we believe in the resurrection, right? The, mm -hmm. the world wants to know why. It, it, no matter what you believe in, uh, let's be honest, um, and, and we believe strongly in miracles, signs, and wonders. Uh, I believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I believe in the powerful move of the Spirit and the demonstration of the Spirit. I believe in, in, in all of those things. And we need those things. We have to have those things. But at some point, we also have to have the logical side. There, there's a spiritual side, but there's also a logical side. There's also a side that, that where we need to be able to defend our faith and stand up for what we believe. And so I think it's of the utmost importance. Um, and, and hopefully in this podcast, we can kind of move in that direction and, and address some of those things. Um, but I think it's vital that we know what we believe, why we believe it, and especially when it pertains to the resurrection. So when you say that Jesus would be a liar if if he didn't rise again, what do you mean by that? What what uh, what would you point to in Scripture where Jesus would be found a liar if he wasn't risen from the grave? Yeah, there, there are several scriptures, um, and, and even Old Testament passages. Right where where you see in the Old Testament, um, Isaiah deals with it, uh, and and some of the other prophets deal with uh, the fact that Jesus was not just another man, but he was actually God in the flesh. Um, and then when you flip over to the New Testament, um, Jesus says on several occasions that uh, he would rise again from the dead. It, it's it, he didn't say I might. Or, or it could happen. He said it's going to happen. He said mm -hmm. uh, in one passage, I believe it's in John, he says, uh, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it again. And what he's saying there, and John, John makes it very clear what he's saying there. He, he even explains what he means at the end of, uh, at the, end of the, the section of that passage. He says they all knew that he spoke of the temple of his body. And so they didn't under, I don't think they understood that at that time, but after the resurrection, after seeing Jesus rise from the dead, then they had the understanding that that's what he meant. Something clicked in their minds that that's what he meant. Yeah. He also compared himself to Jonah as in Jonah was yeah. three days in the belly of the whale. Um, and yeah, he repeated it on multiple occasions to his disciples. I've even preached a message once where it was talking about how shocked the disciples were when Jesus died. And uh, it's like literally, you know, a few weeks before that, he's spelling it out verbatim. What is actually going to happen? I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to die. But don't worry, I'm going to rise again. Yeah. And his disciples were distraught because maybe they weren't listening. Maybe they weren't comprehending. But yeah, he definitely testified to the fact beforehand he said that he would rise again. So if he didn't rise, obviously, then he would be a liar. And and that's why the the arguments that um, that the Muslims put forward 
about the resurrection really don't make a whole lot of sense to me. Because if you're saying that he is a, a prophet, then why, you know, a prophet wouldn't go around lying about who he is or who he's supposed to be. I mean, I'm, guess, I'm guessing they would say that those documents have been doctored, but I just don't understand why they would even uh, attempt to group Jesus into their religion or into their ideology. Um, if, you know, they're not even accepting what he says at face value. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's that, that's the issue that I've, I've had with the Muslim religion along with many other issues, but that's one of the main ones is you either believe what Jesus said or you don't, right? It's that simple. So he, he said he was going to rise from the dead. He rose again from the dead. So if you're going to make him a prophet in your religion, then, and you're going to deny the fact that he said, and, and, and we'll get into this maybe even a little bit later, but Paul says there were over 500 witnesses who mm-hmm. saw the risen Lord after he rose from the dead. If you're going to deny all of those people, deny Peter, deny Paul, deny Jesus himself, how can he be a prophet in your religion? It makes no sense. Yeah, um, and so the, the reality is, you either believe in the resurrection in, in Jesus or you don't. And, and, and it's that simple. If you don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, then there's no reason to believe in Jesus whatsoever. Yeah. And Paul dealt with that. And, and you've got written here, you referenced it already in First Corinthians 15. Would you mind unpacking that for us a little bit here? Yeah. Uh, how did Paul address this? Yeah. So um, in First Corinthians chapter 15, um, if you've never read the book of First Corinthians, I would encourage you to read it. It's a long read, um, but it's well worth it. But a little bit of background information um, for those who may not know. Uh, the Corinthian church was messed up, had a lot of issues, had a lot of problems. Um, and in First Corinthians, I mean, basically the entire book of First Corinthians is Paul just addressing one fire after another. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. If you read the book, it's it's insane. Um, and so you, you arrive at first Corinthians chapter 15 and in first Corinthians chapter 15, he addresses the issue of resurrection because there was a belief system. Um, we don't know whether it was the Gnostics. We don't know. Uh, it could have been an early form of Gnosticism. It could have been a different group. It could have been Judaizers. It could have been Christians, people who called themselves Christians, but believed obviously not in Christianity, but we don't know who the exact group is, but we know Paul is addressing this issue that has popped up in the church that says that there is no resurrection. And Paul has a real issue with this. Uh, it's He sees it as a logical fallacy. If you believe in Christianity, then you cannot deny the resurrection. It's impossible. You, and it's like we broke down already in the conversation earlier. If you, if you don't believe in a resurrection, then you don't really believe in Jesus Christ. And, and Paul goes down through first Corinthians chapter 15, and he lays it out. He makes the argument and, and he basically says, um, that, that if you don't believe in it, then your faith is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your religion is in vain. Everything. Think about it. You have millions of people throughout history who have laid their lives down for this gospel. They've given their lives up for it. All of that is in vain if there is no resurrection. And that's Paul's entire point in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
All, all of this stuff that we're going through, all this stuff that we're facing is in vain. Your belief system is in vain. Your faith is in vain. You can say you're a Christian all you want to, but if you don't believe in the resurrection, if you don't believe that Jesus bodily rose from the dead, then you don't really have Christianity. You have some other weird form of mysticism or Gnosticism or whatever. And so he, he basically, First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, if you've never read it, read it for yourself. I cannot even come close to doing it justice, but he, he goes down throughout the whole thing. He talks about, um, you know, the resurrection and, you know, how there are different bodies of resurrection and, and, and he gets to the end of the chapter and he lays it out and he says, you know, uh, he talks about giving thanks to God uh, for, for all of this stuff, for the resurrection, for all of it. And so read the chapter yourself but 1 Corinthians chapter 15, basically what he's saying is you have this form of belief system that has crept into your church and you better get it out. You better get rid of it because at the center of what we call Christianity is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It almost sounds redundant what we're saying, but... Uh, it needs to be said that, and, and that's, I guess, the purpose of good theology is that even though it may feel a bit redundant mm. in repeating it, you know, maybe preaching to the choir a little bit, it still needs to be said, and we still have to be able to defend what we believe. It's not enough just to believe it for believing's sake, but just like Paul, you have to be able to write it down, flesh it out, and, and obviously he was under the unction of the Holy Spirit when he was, when he was writing, but um, we have to be able to flesh out our thoughts on this and our beliefs on this. You, you also talked about how that he referenced um, when Jesus rose again, that there were 500 witnesses. I think that's so important because those people would have still been alive when he wrote that letter. Yes, the people have. that uh, experienced the resurrection physically, they saw him, they saw him ascend. They would have been part of the church. So there, there were people there ready to testify to the fact that he, yes, he did rise again. You had the disciples yeah. that were ready to testify to the fact that he did rise again. And people saying that, you know, this is all made up, that this is a lie. You you have to understand that these disciples died for a lie. If you, if you expect that line of reasoning to be true, then you have to believe that these men died for a lie. It's one thing to die for a lie that you don't know, is a lie you know like some people bring that up uh people who right. you know don't don't share this faith they'll bring up well terrorists die for a lie you know people die for a lie all the time it's like yeah but it, uh uh you know someone who is a islamic extremist they weren't there when yeah. when the quran was being written they weren't there when muhammad was walking the earth so you can't really blame them as much as you could blame the disciples. The disciples were there. They sat with Jesus. Jesus was a real historical figure. Whether yes. you believe that he was the son of God or not, history attests to the fact that he was a real person. He was yep. there. He did exist. And so these disciples are real people that existed with Jesus. And if they died for this, they died for a lie that they knew was a lie. Who right. would do that? Right. Who would do that? Yeah, the argument makes no sense. Uh, and and for one, God will not leave Himself without witness. Um, I bring up three things. Uh, th these are my three my three preaching points, if you will, concerning the resurrection. There are many more. Um, I actually wrote a, a little uh, 
kind of a, a paper about the resurrection um, a while back, just notes for myself. There are so many arguments um, that the resurrection happened, that it's true. You, you also wrote an accompanying blog post on Hakka.org about yeah. this subject, uh, about the resurrection. So I think you go in a little bit more detail there. Yeah. Um, so if you guys want to read about that, please hop over to the blog and check that out. But as you were saying, yeah, uh, I mean, the number one witness, one of the main witnesses to me is the fact that um, the, the, all the gospel writers say that it was Mary who saw Jesus first. Okay, now you have to understand that's very important. It doesn't sound important, but it's very important. In first century culture, a woman's testimony meant nothing. Now, that's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a, a shame. Um, but it is what it is. That's what the culture was at the time. Uh, that's not what Mike Hackathorne believes. Uh, Mike Hackathorne is married, so <laughs> he does not believe that way. Um, but the culture of that time believed that a woman's testimony, a legal testimony meant nothing. It had no validity. Here's a question. If you're going to make up a story about a guy rising from the dead, Why make a woman who has no legal testimony whatsoever the first person to see your risen Savior? If you're going to just fabricate it, pull it out of thin air, right? Why would you use a woman's testimony? It makes no sense. In in the culture of, maybe in today's culture it does, but in the culture of that day, it made no sense whatsoever. So the only logical reason to believe that a woman saw Jesus first is because that actually happened. If, I mean, how great would it be? How much would it enhance the argument if Peter saw Jesus first? Yeah, I was just going to say that. Like, think, think think about Peter. He's having to testify to the church that a woman saw yes. Jesus first, yep. you know, like, especially in and that day and age, that's emasculating. First. He didn't believe it first. Yeah. And he None testified the to the fact he didn't. Did. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, it, the, the only way that it makes logical sense is that that is actually what happened is that right. Mary was the first one to see Jesus alive. She went back to the disciples who didn't believe her by the way. And then, the we all know the events that happen after that so that uh, that's witness number one that i use that i think is very important and i think makes a lot of logical sense number two is the testimony of paul the apostle uh you have a man who was known for persecuting christians throwing them in prison he sees the risen jesus and it changes the entire course of his life changes everything so how does a man like Saul or Paul become such go from a man who is throwing people in prison and killing them? He killed Yeah, like, like read the actually read the account of Stephen. I, I just read it the yes. other day. And it's it's a harrowing account. Like the yeah. they they literally were gnashing their teeth. They were it's so brutal. furious with him. And Paul just stood there. Well, it was Saul then, but Saul just stood there and watched it. And, yep. and could have been over it. There's, there's the idea that he might have been overseeing it because they laid the coats at his feet, mm-hmm. and he was there, and he saw this take place. Yeah, I mean, he he was watching this happen. And if you're going to ask me, I don't have any biblical proof, but I think that was one of the one of the events that started him 
on the road to Damascus, if you will. I think when he saw Stephen's faith, when he saw that Stephen refused a waiver, I think what he did was he saw a little bit of Stephen in himself. Because Paul, if you pay attention to his letters later, he'll say, I persecuted the Christians, but I did it ignorantly. I did it because I didn't understand. Okay, Paul never was never malicious towards Christians just to be malicious. He wasn't like the Romans. He wasn't doing it just to be malicious. He was doing it because he really believed that that was the right course of action and that these people were blaspheming the one true God of Israel. That's how he viewed it. Um, and so you have a guy who goes from that to spending his life in prison, spending his life being persecuted, being chased, literally chased from city to city, giving up his life at the end for the gospel. How does someone, aside from a life-changing event like the resurrection, go from one of those things to the other thing? Yeah. It makes no logical sense without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and these guys never made any money. They had no real notoriety during their time. I mean, they had notoriety within the church as it was growing. But, I mean, it's not like they did it for fame and fortune. No. Uh, they did it because they actually believed it took place because it did take place. He rose yeah. again. And and um, we could talk another 20 to 30 minutes about that. I love it. There's there's a number of good books out there. There's one called Who Moved the Stone? I love that book. It's it's an older book. It was written in like the 1920s, 1930s. But the guy who wrote it, he wrote it. He was an atheist, and he was setting out to disprove the resurrection, did his studies, and through his studies, he ended up coming to faith in Christ, and he, and he wrote that book. There's another one, The Case for Christ, um, The Case for the Resurrection. Those are all great books. Yeah. Those are really entry-level books that you can read about you know proofs for the resurrection and that sort of thing but uh we wanted to finish up the last segment of this conversation talking about uh why the resurrection is important to you the fact that it happened is amazing but why is that important to you as a believer so if you wouldn't mind sharing with us a little bit mike why is the resurrection important for the christian yeah that that actually ties into my last witness perfectly um when i when i think about the fact that the resurrection takes the Bible from just a story to a personal experience. And what I mean by that is I don't believe in the resurrection because a bunch of guys wrote about it 2000 years ago. No disrespect to them whatsoever. That's part of the reason I believe in the resurrection. The main reason I believe in the resurrection is because I've experienced it for myself. And when you experience it for yourself, it changes everything. And what I mean by that is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Paul says, um, if any man does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not of his. But he also says, if you have the spirit of Christ, it's the spirit of Christ that will quicken you or make you alive. And so the only way that you're, what happens is, you go through the same thing that Jesus went through when he died and rose again. When you receive the spirit, you go from dead to life. And that's what the resurrection has always been meant to represent. See, this is why it's so important. Okay. This is why I'm so passionate about it. It's not just a story. If, 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 if Jesus just rose from the dead, that's cool. He's the only guy in history who's done that. That's really awesome. How does that apply to me? The way that that applies to me is that when he rose from the dead, he sent back his spirit 
and now his spirit lives inside of me and makes me alive. And so now I have that resurrection power inside of me. That is the power of the resurrection right there. That that This is why we preach it so hard. This is why we believe it so hard, because it's not just a story. It's not just something that happened 2,000 years ago. It's something that I experience every single day of my life and something that you can experience every single day of your life. It's not for one person. It's not just for... for uh, uh, Excuse me, I'm getting on my soapbox and preaching a little bit, but it's it's not just for uh, people who you would perceive as good or people who you would perceive as deserving it. Uh, none of us deserve it. None of us are worthy of it. But the, the 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 power of the resurrection, the power of the Holy Ghost, is that it's for everyone. It can mm. it, it can and it will change your life. And the resurrection is what started all of it. That's why. I'm so passionate about it. That's why we believe it so very strongly as Christians. I was about to get up and start shouting, clapping in the <laughs> in the middle of that. Amen, bro. Amen. You know, that's why that's why we believe it. That's why we're so passionate about it because we can experience it. That's what sets us apart as apostolic yes. Pentecostals. Yep. We don't just talk about the resurrection. We don't just um, talk about, you know, what Jesus did while we're having communion, but we can experience it. And it's not because we're special, but it's because we believe what the Bible teaches. The Bible yeah. teaches that the Holy Spirit is available for everybody and you can receive it. If you have yeah. faith, if you believe in Jesus, you can have resurrection power inside of you. Yeah. Listen, I don't care what you call yourself. I don't care if you call yourself Catholic. I don't care if you call yourself Baptist. I don't care what you call yourself. You can experience the power of the Holy Ghost. It, all you have to do is read the Bible, believe what it says, and apply it to your life. It's that simple. It really is that simple. And and we we've made Christianity so difficult about having to follow this and follow that. And, and, and those are good. Rules are good. Rules are not bad. Rules are good. But the reality is, my relationship with Jesus Christ goes back to two thousand years ago. That resurrection power that brought him out of that grave that now lives inside of me. And when that trumpet sounds, as the old song says, my feet are not going to stay on the ground. I'm going to go to meet Jesus in the air because I have that resurrection power inside of me. And the good news is it's not just for me. It's also for you. And it's for whoever wants it. Preach on, man. Preach on. <laughs> oh, wow. I love it. I love it. I love preaching about it. I love talking about it. The resurrection, the power uh, that that his spirit brings in our lives, the power to overcome, the power to be a witness, the power to be a Christian. You need yes. that power in your life. You need uh, you need that every single day. You need to be renewed in the spirit and allow it to change your thought life, allow it to change your behaviors, allow it to change the way that you live, the way that you breathe, the way that, <laughs> the way that you operate. Everything. Amen. Amen. Oh, wow. Well, I, I I knew I would enjoy talking to you about this. I wish we had another 30 minutes, but we both have time constraints uh, on us today. But Mike, thanks again for your time today for discussing this uh, great topic. Did you have anything else you want to leave us with before we finish up? No, just want to say it's always a pleasure. Always enjoy this. Um, always enjoy the the opportunity to talk to you. 
And for all of those who are listening, um, it's an honor to be able to even, you know, speak about what I believe to you. Um, and, and I just thank you, Greg, for setting this up. This podcast is amazing. Uh, it's blowing up. It's blessing people all over the world. Um, and it's awesome. Amen. Well, uh, praise God. Thank, thank you again, Mike. And thank you all for, for listening. We look forward to seeing you all next time on the Hacka Convo on the Hacka Podcast. <laughs>